Thanks for listening to the Church at Severn Run Messages podcast. You can find more information about the church at severnrun.com. Enjoy the message. I'm not going to lie, I wasn't expecting this, but uh, here's, here's the whole deal. I was, just, I was just brought this. It says, happy birthday, me, and happy birthday to me. But I'm not the only one, Bonnie. There's two culprits right there. We'll, we'll pay them back later on. But here, will, will you take the rest of this? Yeah, thank and, you. and here is, uh, Bonnie and I actually, we share a birthday. And, uh, and that was yesterday. And uh, I will say this, I, I am, most people don't know, but I am the younger of the two of us. <laughs> Okay, so, well, that was a different kind of start. It's all good. So, hey, well, happy, New happy New Year. How's everybody doing, Severn Run? You guys having a good one? There we go. Awesome. That's good to hear. So, here's the whole thing. Over the course of the, uh, over the, course of the uh, past few days in, in, this, in this new year, I've been noticing all these things coming out. Um, things like, hey, the top 10 books you should read. In 2019, you've seen those types of lists, um, you know, the, 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 the top ways to make your time more productive. There's just been all kinds of those types of things that take place um, when, it, when the year switches over. But I thought that this one was particularly important, and so I thought I wanted to share it with you today. Um, basically, these are the top 10 medical symptoms to watch for. <laughs> now, here's the key to this, Okay. These are, 10, these are 10 symptoms that, if they're all together, they're a problem. Now, you may, some of you, you may be, have an issue with one or two of these, you know, and if it's just by itself, okay, gotcha. Um, but if you have all 10 of them together, you might need to see your physician, okay? Now, the other part of it is you're already laughing because you're suspecting something. This is a serious list, as you will see in just a moment. This is, you don't believe me. Nobody believes me. This is a serious list, as you will see right here. Here we go. Number one, muscle weakness. That means that it's hard to lift or push heavy objects, or maybe it's just difficult to move at all. Okay? Number two, hair loss. I could go so many places with so many people. Especially your eyelashes and or your eyebrows. Uh, Discolored skin patches. See, I told you this was serious stuff. Discolored skin patches. They will be flat and and it'll be numb to touch that patch. Um, Infertility. Won't camp out there. Ulcers on your feet. See, now you're thinking, seriously, this was not a joke. I told you it wasn't a joke. You didn't believe me. Ulcers on your feet. Real stuff. Lumps on the skin. So much so that it might even have a tendency to change one's appearance. Kidney failure. Now, I got to tell you, in case you're, you're, you're doing this and you're checking these off, 
Even if you've just experiencing kidney failure in and of itself, go see your doctor, okay? You don't have to have the other six to, to, to know to do something about that. Um, crippled hands and feet, which can even lead to the loss of fingers and toes. Nobody's laughing now. Blindness, damage to the optic nerve. And then finally, uh, nerve damage, the type of damage that's so severe that you can't even tell if you're touching hot or cold or if you are potentially injuring yourself. If you have all 10 of these symptoms, please see your doctor. Because you may be one of 130,000 people worldwide that still to this day, a disease that many people might have think was long gone, but still to this day, 130,000 people worldwide have leprosy. But I'm happy to say that there is a cure. Some of you, you might have even already discovered um, the potentiality for at least what you should do, not necessarily cure, but at least the potentiality for what you should do if you've been reading through your Bible in a year already and you've already made it to the book of Leviticus. That's our most favorite chapter, isn't it? I mean, our most favorite book is the book of Leviticus. And in the book of Leviticus, it unpacks what you should do in case you are exhibiting all of these 10 symptoms together. So I want us to to, to look in in Leviticus chapter 13, um, beginning in verse 38. Here's what it says. If anyone, either a man or woman, has shiny white patches on the skin, the priest, we don't have priests, So if you have shiny white patches that you would like to see them observe, please see Dr. Drew, not myself. (laughs) Uh, The priest must examine the affected area. If he finds that the shiny patches are only pale white, this is a harmless skin rash and the person is ceremonially clean. If a man loses his hair, uh uh-oh, and his head becomes bald, he is still ceremonially clean. You're good. You're good. Uh, However, if a reddish white sore appears on the bald area on top of his head or on his forehead, this skin has disease. Are we loving Leviticus yet or what? It's an amazing book. The priest must examine him, and if he finds swelling around the reddish white sore anywhere on the man's head, and it looks like a skin disease, the man is indeed infected with a skin disease and is unclean. The priest must pronounce him ceremonially unclean because of the sore on his head. And those who suffer these 10 symptoms, those who suffer from a serious skin disease must tear their clothing. Here's what you do. Tear the clothes. You didn't know that, did you? Just tear the clothing and leave their hair uncombed. I thought they were bald anyways. (laughs) They must cover their mouth and call out, unclean, unclean. As long as the serious disease lasts, they will be ceremonially unclean and they must live in isolation in their place outside the camp. Boy, leprosy sounds like a ball of fun, doesn't it? Sounds like a, a, a real joy. And, and talk about really caring for the person that's got the disease. This is, this is really diving deep and, 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 and loving on them, don't you think? I mean, especially when all you're doing is asking them to walk around and make sure that, they know, that you know they have the disease because all they got to do is just scream how unclean they are all the time, 
and then everything, everything will be fine. This approach, this approach to somebody's disease is an approach that is only looking what's going on on the outside of them. The law only pays attention to what is taking place on the outside of an individual. And you know what? The world only looks on the outside too. It only pays attention to how the person is acting or feeling or dressing or whatever it may be. It doesn't pay attention to what's really happening on the inside of somebody. In fact, you might find yourself falling into the category of the world if you're not careful. Ask yourself this question. Do you take stock? Do you take note of what Sally shows up wearing for work? Has that ever been a conversation that you've had around the water cooler? Hey, did you see what's shown so? Can you believe those socks did not match? When, what about when Uncle Bill, and everybody's got their version of Uncle Bill, what happens when Uncle Bill shows up drunk for Thanksgiving? How do you respond to him? Does he become the laughing stock? Does he become judged? What about Millie and her physical challenge? Does it distract you when you're talking to her? Do you have a hard time having a conversation or maybe even you oftentimes avoid her so that you don't have to feel awkward while you're looking at her having the conversation? If you're honest with yourself, if you're truly honest with yourself, not asking you to admit this to anybody, but if you're really honest with yourself, would you say that you've ever felt uncomfortable because of the color of another person's skin? or because of their nationality. When Joe is standing out there on the street corner and he's got his sign, do you just keep looking at the light? Thinking to yourself, you know what? I don't have any money. I don't have any cash to be able to give this guy anyways. So you just hope the light like goes ahead and goes off quick. Do we fall into the same category of the world falls into? Do we spend a whole lot of time looking at what's going on on the outside of somebody rather than trying to pay attention to what's going on in the heart? You see, this world of law, this world of looking on the outside, this was the world that Jesus descended into. This is the world that Jesus decided to come and walk among us with. At that time, I mean, this is how you dealt with disease. This is how you dealt with difficult people. There was a set of prescribed laws that were to be lived up to. You, you did those and everything else was supposed to be good unless you had the disease. Jesus shows up into this world where everybody's only paying attention as to what's going on on the outside. Nobody's truly paying attention to what's going on on the inside of, of other people and then he encounters a leper. He encounters a leper in Mark chapter 1, beginning in verse 40. Let's look there for just a moment. And a man with leprosy, he came and he knelt in front of Jesus. And he was begging to be healed. If you are willing, he said, 
you can heal me and make me clean. This is a man who has had to walk around his entire life screaming, unclean, unclean. This is a man who has lived isolated. This is a man who's been picked on. This man is, is a man who's been discriminated against. He's been outcast. He's been put aside. Nobody wants to have anything to do with him. There is no way that under the current laws he can have any type of relationship with anybody. And he has the audacity to come to Jesus and he looks at Jesus and he says this, he asks the question, if you are willing, Jesus... What was he saying to him? I think he was saying, hey, listen, Jesus, if you're willing, if you're willing to look past my grotesqueness, if you're willing to see past what everybody else sees on the outside, if you're willing to look past this, Jesus, Jesus, if you are willing to disregard all of the religious requirements because see folks in Leviticus chapter 13 that we just read, we only read part of the chapter. There was a whole more than half of the chapter before that that was describing what an individual had to do in case they might have some type of serious skin disease. A whole bunch of laws that needed to to be followed in order to make things happen. And he was coming to Jesus and he was saying, Jesus, if you're willing to just like disregard, disregard all that stuff. Jesus, don't look on the outside. Disregard everything that we've both been raised to believe about religion. Don't, don't care about that. And Jesus, if you're willing, if you're truly willing to look at me for who I am, for who I am without this, then Jesus, I can be healed. If you're willing to see me as a whole human being, if you're willing to see me as I was truly created, as unique and as beautiful, you know what? I'm pretty sure that this is what we all desire, isn't it? That every single one of us sitting here in this place, that we desire the same thing that this man did when he came to Jesus. That what we want is for somebody to quit looking at the outside already. For somebody to actually take the time to pay attention to who we are and how we've been made. For somebody not to care about the possessions that we own or the positions that we have, or the clothing that we wear, or sometimes our bad and our negative attitudes. Wouldn't it just be nice sometimes, even if when you had a negative attitude, somebody was nice back to you? To quit looking at our disabilities and the things that we can't do. And what we all want, what we all truly, truly want, is we want somebody to truly peer into the deepest part of us, to see us, for who we are and who we were truly created to be. This is, what this, this is what this man wanted. It's what you want. It's what we all want. And Jesus was able to have the proper approach. You know why? Because what we talked about last week. Because earlier that morning, if you go back to verse 35, earlier that morning, Jesus had gotten up He had gone out to an isolated place and he sat 
and spent and experienced time with his father. You say, why is that important? Because you know what? The father, God is love. The father is love. He goes, he sits in the presence of love. He sits in the presence of joy and he sits in the presence of peace and he sits there and he sits there and he sits there until Peter comes looking for him and saying, what are you sitting there for? Jesus knew. Jesus knew the importance of sitting there. The importance of sitting there meant that every fiber of his own being would be filled with his father's love. He knew the types of people that he would encounter that day. He knew that there were people that were judged and isolated and hurt and broken and and battered and bruised both emotionally and physically. He knew that and he knew that the only way that he was going to be able to approach them in the right way was if he was filled with the father's love. And isn't it safe to say that you, not only do you want for somebody to look at the inside of you and quit noticing everything that's on the outside, but turn around and look at the person next to you, they want the same thing. Your family desires that. Your family desires for you to be able to see them for who they really are. Your child wants you so badly to quit judging them by the grades they make and start to judge them by the intellect that God has given them. Your child doesn't want you to go and buy them all the latest gadgets and the best stuff. That's not what they long for. What they long for is to sit with you and to cuddle and to be with you and to be nurtured by you. They want you to see them. Your spouse wants you to see them for who they really are. Not that guy that won't put his shoes in the closet. Not that lady that lets the dishes get stacked up. I can keep going, but I'll start some fights, I know. (laughs) Probably already started a few. Your spouse wants you to see them for who they truly are. There's only one way to do that. Do what Jesus did. To go and sit in the love of the Father. Until every fiber of of your being is soaked with that love. Until as a result, every encounter that you have throughout the day will be an encounter in which other people walk away with the love that is exuding from you because you have been with the Father. This was Jesus' approach. And don't we think it goes beyond our family? Maybe it goes to Joe who's holding the sign on the street. Maybe it goes to Sally and her funny socks. Maybe it goes to any number of other people who are going to be rude to us and are going to be mean to us, but you're going to show up with the presence of God's love and their entire day, maybe their entire life is going to be changed because we sit with the Father. In fact, I think that oftentimes Jesus' time with the Father might have gone something like this. And last week we started to practice We sat for just one minute, right? We sat for one minute and we closed our eyes and we just breathed and we just did our best to just experience whatever it was that God wanted us to experience. So I thought, 
And, and I know that it made an impact because I will tell you throughout the week, I've had several of you come and say, hey, listen, I, I tried that. Wow. <laughs> I kept doing that when I went home. I, I'm finding already that maybe I'm feeling just a, at least a little bit calmer in what's going on in my life. So I thought maybe we would just extend that uh, practice of being with the Father for just a moment this morning. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to just close your eyes. Just get real quiet, get real still, don't move. If you're one of those people that your leg is a bouncing, then your spouse is going to love you during this time because they're not going to feel the shaking they normally feel. Just get quiet. Don't move. I want you to take in just a really big, deep breath. Let it out. Take in another big, deep breath. Just focus on that breath. Let it in. Let it out. Just quietly, just breathe for a moment or two. As we're quiet, as we're just continuing to breathe and we're just focusing on our breath, I want you to just forget about, forget about everything that you came in here with. Forget about the schedule, what's in the crock pot, whether the dog is in the crock pot. I want you to think about, I want you to forget about anything that's coming later on today. Just right here, right now, with the Father. And now, I'm going to ask you to do something challenging as you just continue with your eyes closed with the breathing. I want you to think about the person in your life that is your greatest nemesis the person that you absolutely dislike the most, the person that you have the greatest anger and resentment and fear toward. And maybe it's not even that intense. Maybe it's just somebody that's incredibly annoying, a prickly person, emotionally speaking. Put that person in your mind. See them as you just continue to breathe. For some of you, there's a good chance that just seeing that person in your mind, you've already noticed maybe your heart beating a little bit faster, maybe kind of the energy level in your life starting to rise just a touch. But just keep them there for a second. How do they make you feel? When you see this person, what do you feel? Name the emotions that you're going through right now. Now I want you to just think about this. Who are they beyond what you don't like about them? They're more to, they're, they are more than just what you don't like. What are they beyond that? Who are they beyond that? What's their favorite food? What do they like to eat? 
What about their favorite color? Do you know what their favorite movie is? Now I want you to just take a moment and I want you to let them shrink a little bit in your mind. I want you to imagine what they were like when they were five years old. What did they look like? Be nice. They were five years old once, you know. They were a child. How do you see them? Do you see them playing? Are they out there on the playground? Are they having a good time? Are they laughing and joyous like a child should be? Are they enjoying life? Is this a time in their life maybe before they were hurt and turned into the person you don't like? How have they been hurt as they grew up? Were they abused? Were they made fun of? Were they picked on? Bullied? Maybe they went home and mom and dad completely ignored them. Maybe they lost a mom and dad. Maybe they've been through some pretty heavy-duty tragedy in their life. How did they get hurt to become what it is that you don't like? Now take just a moment and imagine them as whole. Imagine that they're not annoying anymore. Imagine that they are everything that God has created them to be. With love and joy and peace that is exuding from their life also. I want you dare, I want to dare to for you to imagine that they are your friend. What does that look like? A conversation with this person as your friend across the dinner table. Having coffee. Just being together. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Will that cause you to have a different approach to a leper? To the person in your life that you would look and say, hey, listen, they have a disease that I don't want to be around. A disease of a bad attitude, a disease of an annoying character. Would that change you over time? It did Jesus. Because I want you to look at what his response to this leper is. After this man comes to Jesus and says, hey, listen, are you willing? Are you willing? Verse 41 says this. Remember where he's been already this morning. He's been with the Father. Verse 41 says this. And moved with compassion. Moved with compassion, Jesus reached out and touched him. And he said, I am willing. I'm willing to look beyond everything that I see on the outside. 
I'm willing to know you for who you were created to be. Moved with compassion, moved with love, Jesus reach out, reaches out and he does the extraordinary. He chooses to touch a leper. Every once in a while, Dr. Drew and I um, usually hope, you know, we try to about once a year just to get away for like a day or night and just get together and just pray and plan and to seek God and to just ask him, you know, for, hey, what's next? And, and, and to talk about the Church of Severn Run and, and, you know, just dream a little bit about what God can and wants to do among us. So earlier on this last year, we went and did that. We decided we wanted it to be a manly time. You know what I'm talking about, right? I mean, a manly time, which means you got to be in the woods, huh? It's got to be a time where you eat some meat, right? And so we decided to do that together. So we pulled the RV up. And uh, we decided to, uh, you know, after we got a little bit bored um, of talking and dreaming, we decided to watch a movie. It was a Christian movie. I mean, come on. We decided to watch a movie. And um, this is one of the scenes in that movie. I just want you to, Jesus could have chosen any way to heal that man. In fact, we've seen Jesus multiple times heal in a lot of different ways, oftentimes by speaking other times by mud in an eye. But how does he choose to heal a leper? The one that had otherwise never been touched since he'd first gotten the disease. The one that was supposed to walk around screaming, unclean, unclean, so that everybody around him could know, don't get next to that guy. How does Jesus choose to heal him? Jesus chooses to reach out and touch in order to be able to make him whole. Jesus was willing to go the extra mile. Folks, that's what he's asking for us in 2019. He's asking for us to be willing to sit with him, to absorb his love, to feel him saturate every fiber of our being and then to just go out, not look on the outside of another individual, but look deeply into their heart, who God has created them to be and to call that out in them and to love them until they're there. A couple years ago, Back when I was pastoring the First Baptist Church of Essex, it was a Wednesday night, and I had just got done teaching, and one of our members came up to me and introduced me to a young man that, that was with him. And as I started to hear this young man's story, the reason why he was there at the church on this particular evening was because he didn't have a place to live at the time. And I could tell by talking with the young man that he had his own special set of challenges in life and learning, and as a result, um, he had lost his home, the place where he was living, and now uh, he had been sleeping in a park right around the corner from the church for a few nights. He was working on some transitional housing, and the one of this member who had introduced me to him had basically said, hey, pastor, um, I told him all he had to do was to come up here, and we would help him out. I was like, yeah, I'm just being honest. 
because I, I didn't really know what we were going to do at that point. Knowing we meant I. And so after a few moments, I had this bright idea. I said, you know what? We've got this, we got this fellowship hall. And I walked him down to the fellowship hall, and um, it was not, not attached to the main building. We walked down there. We walked into uh, the place. It was a little bit cold because the heat hadn't been on for a while. And we walked into this big cinder block room, a room that used to have lots of life in it, but now it was just a place for storage. Found some different bedding and some other stuff, and we walked back over into the back corner of the room, and I got a space heater, and we fired that bad boy up, and I said, hey, man, here's the deal. Look, we're going to help you out. Like, this would be a great place for you to stay tonight, and we will, um, we will uh, you know, see what we can do in the morning to try to help you continue on through this transitional housing. And I walked out of the fellowship hall, told him that if you need anything, I live right around the corner at the parsonage, and, you know, have a good evening. As I'm walking back up to my house, I'm kind of having that moment. You've had them, right, where you've had the chance to help somebody out. It feels good, doesn't it? And I'm kind of having that moment, like, yeah, that's what we're here for. That's what the church is about. And I'm about halfway up to the house when all of a sudden I hear the voice say, really? That's what the church is about? John, what are you about? Like, you really gonna you really gonna leave him down there in the corner of a cinder block building in a storage room? Or are you gonna invite him up to your house? I was like, uh. You mean you wanted me to go the extra mile? So I went up to the house and decided, you know, this is one of those times it might be a good good time to have a discussion with my wife first. I said, sweetheart, I said, tell me this. I said, um, do you have any plans of sleeping on the couch tonight? She said, no. I said, do you have any plans of me sleeping on the couch tonight that I'm unaware of? <laughs> she said, no. I said, well, I got a guy that needs to sleep on the couch tonight. She said, okay. I said, um, he's down in the fellowship hall right now. You know, no time for a background check, folks, right? No time to figure any of this out. Just a guy in the fellowship hall. I walked back down there and brought him up, and that night he slept on our couch. Not only did he sleep on our couch that night, but a couple more nights, some food, some clothing later, and we got him into some transitional housing. And I'm not telling you that story. Hear me loud and clear. I mean this sincerely right now. I am not telling you that story so that you will think in any way, shape, or form, I'm a good guy. Remember, I was the guy that's going to stick you back in the cinder block building. The Spirit spoke. And here's the reality about my life. I can tell you that story. That story was over eight years ago. I haven't had anybody sleep on my couch since then. We're called to go the extra mile. We're called to love in extraordinary ways. To do amazing things on behalf of a Jesus that does not look on the outward, 
appearance of another human being, but looks deeply into the heart. And folks, until we take the time this year to spend time with him, we'll never have the love overflow enough to make that type of difference in other people's lives. But that's what we're called to do in 2019. I hope we will, in Jesus' name. If you enjoyed today's message, feel free to share it with your friends. And as we like to say, love well, live Jesus, and believe big.